What's going on, guys? It's another episode of the Weekly Knoll Instant Reaction Podcast. We're coming to you live immediately after the Florida State victory over Northern Illinois, 37-19. Uh, we have a lot of opinions on this game. Again, but for those just joining us, this is immediately after the game. The, you know, we're not doing much editing. Uh, I apologize if there's any weird noises and whatnot. And we're also kind of distracted by, by a different game. But uh, we'll still be doing this one for you guys. So, Mike... Let's get into it. Our immediate takes from this game. I thought that because FSU did win, everyone, I assume everyone watched it 37 to 19. That score is simultaneously not as close as it was and not as lopsided as it was. Because my main takeaway from this game was that this was a tale of four quarters. And if you split it into four different examinations, you would find a completely different takeaway from each one. So I think we both agree. First quarter, just FSU looked great. I mean, that is what the Gulf Coast offense is supposed to look like when everything's running smoothly. Defense looked great. They were causing three and outs, some, you know, some bad plays by Northern Illinois, but overall, the defense played well. Second quarter, a bit down from that, really not what was supposed to be happening. FSU kind of looked like they had calmed down a bit, or at least cooled down a bit. Uh, third quarter, again, sort of same story. It's some a big play given up, but it was a big play that happens. And then fourth quarter, just not what FSU was trying to do at all. Just looked like the FSU team that showed up against Syracuse and Virginia Tech in the second half. Uh, I, I, overall, I would say that this is a good step for FSU and if they clean up some of the mistakes they made in this game we're not talking about it like it was closer than it was yeah um I I, I would agree with most of that I think my biggest takeaway um for this game is uh, you, you know you can dismiss the last touchdown that came with 12 seconds in an 11 point game uh but for the most part I mean Florida State won by multiple scores uh, in a game where I don't think I don't think it played very well, uh, four turnovers. Uh, the offense continued to put the defense in uh, terrible positions. Uh, you know, with the turnovers, and even think about Jaquez Patrick's fumble uh, in the second quarter. Th- that was on a fourth down conversion. Patrick had picked up the necessary yardage. I mean, you know, if he holds on to the football, that's probably another scoring drive, and this thing could have been a route early. Um, the, the fact that that didn't happen, I think, is a little bit uh, disappointing. But but coming into today, Florida State needed to not only win. I mean, because because that wasn't a definite. I mean, you and I, uh, Edwin, we all thought this would be a close game. I mean, I I, I think you had it twenty one seven. I had it a touchdown game. Uh, our, our digital content manager added a four point game. So so there was really a lot of uncertainty. So so FSU. Uh, I mean, that's the big thing. Is they they needed to come in. They needed not only play play well and win, but they needed to leave feeling good about themselves. They didn't play well, but I, I mean, the fact that you can uh, win a game by 18 points and Northern Illinois is not a bad football team. I mean, they were competitive th- into the fourth quarter with Iowa, a, a big 10 team who, you know, usually wins about eight games a year. Uh, they were competitive with a, with a Utah team who, you know, kind of stood toe to toe with Washington uh, last week out West. So, so, you know, to be able to put 37 points up on that team, I mean, the running game still left a lot to be desired, but, but to be able to do, um, 
what this team did and, and not play that well, I think that you, you have to go home feeling uh, like, you know, th- this team is light years from, from where I felt like they were last week. I, I agree. I think this team looked confident, and that's something that we didn't see last week. And a lot of that had to do with how they actually were playing to begin that game. But if from a fan's perspective, you know, a lot of questions have just been asked of Taggart and the coaches and you know are these coaches actually maximizing the talent they have on the roster can these coaches game plan around what is a very uh, injured and not exactly you know fully fully uh fully mentally their team I'm trying to find a word for that but uh, for for those first few drives the coaches did exactly what you need to do to plan around an offensive line that is injured like that. They were giving new looks, quick passes, you know, putting McKitty to help block, double tight end sets. That was what you wanted to see if you were questioning these coaches. Later down on the in the game, they did kind of go away from that, and I think that's a takeaway, is that the coaches just looked not... It looked like they were doing stuff that they just should not have gone away from but I think a lot of questions were answered about the coaches this game I think a lot of people uh feel happier knowing that adjustments were made and and that's something that we can look forward to for the next few games yeah and I would agree with that I I think uh that's a really good point that that you know the offense that came out and scored touchdowns on the first two drives, I mean, the, the, that wasn't the offense who showed up for 60 minutes of football. There were times uh, where, you know, the play calling seemed a little bit complacent. Um, and, and there was a couple other uh, mental errors. I mean, for the, that game, the, the DeAndre Francois interception, um, that, that set up Northern Illinois' final score of the game. I mean, that was, uh, you know, if that doesn't happen, I mean, the, this game really isn't in doubt um, at all in the fourth quarter after you know, after the series of events with the, the touchdown called back and then Florida State hit the 78-yard pass play. Um, but, yeah, that, that's, that's, a thing, that's something you have to avoid. You can't let a team um, who's defeated uh, get second chances. Another thing was the clock management late. I mean, Florida State, uh, they, they come out of a, a – after a kickoff, coming out of a timeout, they get a delay of game. They end up uh, – I think they end up getting a first down on the drive. But, you know, the deck, while the clock is running, they end up snapping it with like 28 seconds on the play clock. So clock management, I think, uh, is, a, is an area of concern that can be a little better too. I mean, there, there's a lot of little things that, you know, you, you can nitpick that, that still need to get corrected. But, uh, you know, the, the biggest thing, they needed to come away from this game feeling good about it themselves, uh, Florida State's players did. I, I think they did that. I, I think you have to ha- be happy with a multiple-score win over a game that a lot of people thought they could have lost coming in. Right, right. And especially in a game that, like you said, we all expected to be pretty close and just not much offense. Florida State's offense looked good. I, that's a Northern Illinois defense, which will finish the year probably top 25. They did it last year. So the fact that they were able to get that much out of today, I think you feel good about the offense, at least for, you know, for, for opponents like Wake Forest and whatnot. But people like you know Clemson and Notre Dame or teams like Clemson and Notre Dame, that's going to be an issue. That's where you're going to get uh, some big problems. But... Overall, I, I think you could make the argument that 
you know, the, the defense was also not up to snuff. Like, th- this is a defense which we all thought was not going to give up any more big plays because of just what they had seen. But at various times, it looked like the cornerbacks and safeties were out of rhythm. They miscommunicated, and they gave up some big passes. So I think that's something which is going to be an issue later on, and I think that's where you want to see improvement. But overall, I thought this team looked better, and you're right. It's it's a good confidence boost going into, what's the next game, Miami or Louisville? Uh, they'll, they'll, they'll travel to Louisville next week. Okay, Louisville lost to to Virginia. I don't think did anyone else see that twenty seven to three, Louisville. Yeah, that that's a win. And if you can get two straight wins on this schedule, heading into Miami, you know you're halfway to bowl eligibility. And I know that seems like a long shot at some points, and especially a week ago it looked like a major long shot. But it's all about gaining momentum. It's all about just getting those wins that you should getting those wins from games that you should be winning. Uh, you know, other questions, I guess, with the team uh, that a lot of people have been asking uh, two players in particular. I think a lot of people have wondered uh, Al Geberly and Levante Taylor. So one from the offense, one from the defense. Uh, Mike, Everly's kind of looked a bit weak this year and maybe compared to his previous years, that's, true enough but this this game he had some bad plays i think some people were looking for an explanation honestly i think it's just everly getting used to the offense i think it's him getting used to tempo him getting used to the conditioning that you're supposed to be going at so i think that would reasonably explain the high snaps the snaps that sail over your head 30 yards and push you out of the red zone things like that (laughs) Yeah, um, Eberle, I, I think uh, today he was – I mean, the, the offensive line as a whole has been so bad. I mean, he, he hasn't been the weak spot. Uh, but, but today yeah, he, he was a little more of a liability than he had been um, most of the season. Levante Taylor, another guy, yeah, it's, it's kind of concerning. Uh, it seems like, uh, you know, every week he's kind of on the, uh, the wrong end of a, uh, of a receiving touchdown. Um, of an opponent's receiving touchdown. So that's a little bit uh, discouraging. But, uh, you know, overall, I, I think this team is getting better. And you mentioned the Louisville game. Uh, you know, this con- – I'm, I'm curious to see how this team will, will play on the road. I mean, playing at home is one thing against a Northern Illinois team uh, where you you clearly have a talent advantage. Louisville, like you said, they've struggled. They lost 27-3 today to Virginia uh, last week. I mean, they were trailing in the fourth quarter to Western Kentucky and pulled that one out 20-17. So, uh, you know, if, if bowl eligibility is uh, is the ultimate goal for Florida State, you know, given the slate, I, I think that's probably the ceiling this year, given the way things have gone. Uh, this feels like another must-win next week. So we'll see, uh, we'll see how they play on the road. Right, and Louisville's not exactly a, uh, over. Uh, it's not exactly a threatening crowd, so hopefully it's not that big of a uh, factor in their favor. Uh, just looking at some things as well, I, I think one of the final things we'll get to, the Florida State special teams kind of did a reverse today, at least with Ricky Aguayo. He looked better, and if y'all remember last year, Ricky Aguayo did the same thing. He missed early. He had just bad just awful, you know, clunks in 2018 as well. 
and now he goes three for three, and all of them were above 40 yards. So I think this is just a thing with Aguayo. I think that's honestly what he's doing at this point. And, but overall, I think if there's one change that might need to be made after this season, it might be the special teams. Because even against Northern Illinois, you know, the wing covers up some things, but Florida State got tagged for holding on so many plays, and they just looked not good in in special teams. And that's a position where you have a coordinator. You have a special teams coordinator who's really shouldn't be doing anything but making sure that the special teams is playing well. I was just going to say, I think that the penalties on the returns – uh, it was the one weak spot today. I mean, if you look at Northern Illinois and Florida State, uh, FSU clearly had the better, better day on special teams. Uh, it was good, and I think it was big for his confidence, um, Ricky Aguayo, to see him kind of break out of uh, break out of his slump. He, he goes three for three on field goals with makes of 42 and 50 yards. So that was big for him. Uh, Logan Tyler had a pretty good day punting. Coverage was good, but, you know, the, if they can stop holding on these returns, I mean, DJ Matthews is really going to help this team with field position so you know you, you got to find a way to, to stop negating these nice returns exactly uh final note i guess uh, old dominion just beat virginia tech if anyone was wondering 49 to 35 there goes the quality loss yeah josh jackson was <laughs> carted off the field in that game I, oh should be noted. i did not see that oh yes he was yeah that's that's a strength of schedule killer as if that mattered at this point. Uh, final notes just going forward because we both want to kind of get to other stuff. Uh, Francois, this game, I thought this may have been – the interception was bad, the fumble was bad, but when he was on, I think this is more of what you can expect from Francois. He made better reads. He still missed a couple of many better reads. And then Taggart and Bell sort of formed the offense around quick decisions, quick throws – and I think you saw it. It helped him so much. I mean, that is what he needs to do in this offense, especially with the offensive line as bad as it is. So I think we can foresee Francois throwing more as uh, as the season progresses. Yeah, and I also think the best chance for this team to to put up points is is to take shots down the field occasionally too. I mean, the, the big play to Tamari and Terry. Uh, that 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 kind of served as the uh, the knockout punch, but you know th- this isn't a team that that is going to uh, be able to consistently uh, make plays. Uh, you know, c- c- methodical thirteen play drives I don't think are going to be this team's thing. So you got to get chunk plays, and I, I think you'll uh, you'll see more of that as the competition uh, increases. All right, Mike, is that all we got for tonight? That's all I got for tonight. Uh, same here. So. Keep it tuned to us, guys. We'll have all your postgame analysis and uh, previews for Louisville up this week. Thank you for tuning in to the Week on Instant Reaction podcast. A uh, quick word to our sponsors, NullFan.org and Sun Solutions LLC. Thank you guys for being there with us for this whole journey. And uh, we're still going on, and we hope to keep bringing you excellent content. So with that being said, adios, have a great night, and hope that Tennessee can pull it out. <laughs>